0: not on the screen, is my pizza party. How many of you are planning on having pizza with Pastor Steve on Wednesday night? Okay, the rest of you are sinners. Um, we've had a habit for years and years and years that, that when you've re- read your Bible uh, through one time the whole, in a year, then uh, you get free pizza Uh, that I provide. I don't make it all, but I provide it, make sure it's there. And so we're going to have a good time. I think what's fun about the pizza party, it's going to be at 5.30 on Wednesday. And uh, so what what I would appreciate if you've filled, if you've read your Bible and you want to come, don't by faith read it like I kind of was going to do it. You don't get free pizza. That's next year's. You got to read the Bible. But I love the little kids because They'll read it, Uh, Then I let them read picture Bibles. One little kid told me, said, Pastor Steve, I'm at your pizza party, and I'm so excited because I read the Bible six times yesterday. (laughs) But I'm not gonna let Pete Miller get away with that. (laughs) He's upgraded from a picture Bible to a children's Bible, and we'll get him up into the full-blown version before long, but uh, why do we do that? Because I want a culture of Bible reading that even the little tiny kids, they begin to, maybe it's a motive. I want to read my Bible so I can get free pizza. That's great. If I can use the pizza a year to keep people reading the Bible, if I had a lot of money, I might give you a Lamborghini a year if you read the Bible, but I don't have that kind of money. So you get pizza. Okay. But anyway, it's 530 and sign up if you're able to come. And then uh, if if you're going to be late, you might even put on there, Uh, you know, get off work at 5 or 5.30 and whatever. And so we'll save you some pizza. We don't want to like devour it. And you're there crying softly at my door. Um, I took a lot of time explaining a spirit that I, I believe really is the spirit of joy. It's the spirit of let's not wait till everything is convenient. Let's do it and get started even if it doesn't seem like we're qualified to do it. There were two generals that were compared in a book that Kim was reading, and one was McClellan, who was a beloved leader of the Union forces at the beginning of the Civil War. General McClellan was loved by the troops. He was well-respected, a venerated general in, in non-war <laughs> US military. But when it came time for the Civil War, he froze at the at the edge of the Pot- Potomac. And he wouldn't cross the Potomac and go into, into the, 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 the zone, into um, Virginia and take the battle to the rebels. Compared to George Patton, who Patton was, let's get this thing moving now. Let's get started and initiate. Well, this is the thing that, that, that I've seen and what I want to speak into that I've seen so many times. The number one thing, or one of the number one things, so there's more than one one, right? That hold people back is this sense of I'm not qualified. I'm, I'm not qualified. I, I'm, I'm not the best at this. One of the dreadful views is if you can't be the best, then drop out. Sweetness, you tell me what you're involved in, and I can probably show you someone who's better. You may be able to walk on that guitar, but I can show you someone that can walk on it with no arms. There are people that can play the guitar marvelously that have no arms. So don't drop out if you're not the best guitar player, because you're not. Drummer, (laughs) you know. You want to be the best drummer? I can show you guys are using both arms and legs and got sticks in their teeth and are playing. What do you think you're ever going to be the number one at? The only thing that you can is be the number one you. And the number one you is not a quitter. The number one you works, believes, moves ahead, and lives your faith forward we're not talking about faith backwards. Our series has been faith forward, that we take what we have, we bring what we have. And this is our message today taken out of, of uh, the book of 2 Kings. We're going to look at, at an illustration of someone who was asked to use what they had and the miracle that came from it. And I'm going to tie it back to you. Have you ever noticed that most of the things we teach here, we want you to wear at home? It's kind of like going hunting in Louisiana. A good hunt in Louisiana with the Cajuns is you shoot it, you eat it, and you wear it by the next day. And that's kind of Joy's view of, of, of the things of the Bible and of truth. We want you to be able to consume it, to walk in it, and wear it home. Why? Because they, they, they not only cost you up front, but they pay you much further than what you pay. That's, that's why you invest. Anybody who's investing in a stock market, you don't say, I want to spend, you know, $30,000 of my, my uh, IRA or, or uh, whatever your investment, 401k. I don't want to spend $30,000 and, you know, please give me a stock that I know is going to go down by two-thirds. Now, people experience that, but that's not what you invest for. You invest up front to get more in return. That's the way the promises and challenges of God are. He'll say, I want you to believe up front. I'm going to pay you big time. But our culture, we want to see it first. I won't believe it till I see it. And God's kingdom is you're not even going to see it until you believe it. And so we're going to see an example of that in 2 Kings chapter 4, starting at verse 1. One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead. And you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What a mess. I want you to catch this. She was a widow of somebody who was a staff member on staff with Elisha as in the school of prophets or the group of prophets. She wasn't married to the town drunk she wasn't married to an absentee father. She was married to an active man who was there with his wife and family and was serving in a school of prophets and disaster hit their house. If you think that being a Christian will preclude attacks coming from your life, you're in the wrong church. You need to go to Happy Land Church because the Bible that I read says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. The Bible I read says in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. The Bible that I read tells us that there's an adversary. And even in the Lord's prayer, we're to pray every time we pray We were to say, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Jesus, in his prayer, taught that we have to deal with the evil one. And so in the world that I live, we keep winning, even though there's opposition. Even though there's apparent disasters. Even though there are problems. Come on now, we're overcomers. Sometimes you have to have something to overcome. Skyler and Thomas have been doing this foolish thing up, wrestling probably naked up in northern Oregon or something. It's Greco-Roman or something. It's grappling, they call it. It just sounds disgusting. <laughs> These guys are like fit. You know, they walk and muscles flex on their back. And I'm thinking, save that prettiness. Don't risk it. <laughs> now, if... If they're going up for a grappling match and you bring out like that little guy from, you know, Fantasy mean, boy, it's the plane! I'm not going to go Skyler, or no big shanks. Of course you should beat that guy. He's about one-third your height, a third of your weight. <coughs> but when you, when you get something like off of the Rocky 17 series, I'm going to break you. <coughs> and you beat that guy, We're going, yay, awesome. So the nature of our victory is based on the nature of our adversary. The nature of our victory is the nature of the problems we find ourselves in. This woman had problems. And if there was a woman that shouldn't have had this problem, you'd think she qualifies. Her husband was serving the Lord. He was faithful. She calls on Elisha, to say, you know my husband, you know how faithful he was. He didn't call her out on it. Oh, your husband has always been kind of a flake. Do I even know him? No, he knew him. And now a creditor was coming to take the two sons as collateral and to serve as slaves till the debt was paid. Now, some of you would gladly serve up. You say, you mean I can trade two of my kids to get out of debt free? Yeah, take them. Especially the mean one, the snotty one that's in junior high and the one that's uh, a yeah, sophomore in college right now. Can't do it now. That was back in the old time. Yeah. Now you got to keep them. Deal with their attitudes. That was the funny part of the message. Okay. So enjoy it. Someone's going to leave here going, I hate that guy. He just hates children. No, I don't. I like him. Okay. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked tell me what do you have in the house wow you know so many times we're 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 static and we're not going to do anything until god gives us something i i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to give in victory offering when god doubles my income you may not get doubled income until you walk by faith <laughs> kim and i came here in 1982 and We had a little fiat brava and hopes and dreams, some college education. And we came to plant a church. And we we had my brother-in-law, Jim, and my sister, Sharon, and their two kids. That was our congregation. Had no money. We had about $500 cash and $700 worth of bills. And we said, Lord, you want us to go to Medford to establish your kingdom. And series after series of miracles brought us to where we're at today even this church planning explosion that we're starting to experience. It's getting crazy. It's not only getting crazy with our church and our joy churches, but even our mother church is starting to expand into church planning. How of you know when someone comes out of the cave and says, we can whoop Goliath, a lot of others start getting some courage. And people start moving forward and saying, hey, I want to be a part of that. And the guys from Bible Temple, uh, City Bible Church, they, they didn't watch us and get courage all of a sudden. They were moving simultaneously. But there are others that, man, how, how can you do that? Well, you do it because, see, you're depending on God intervening. How much do you really need God to intervene in your life? If you don't feel, you know, like, hey, I've got money, I've got my annuities, I've got my health insurance, I've got this, i got that, i got money in the, in the bank... Some people don't have a sense, a felt need of God at all. But the evil day comes when we all say, I need help. And so this woman was in that point. And Elisha is saying, what do you have in the house? So what does she do? Like human nature, she starts with her lack and not what she has. He didn't say, what don't you have in the house? He said, what do you have in the house? And she said, nothing at all. Except, In pastoring this congregation, that's been a number one thing. You come in my office and you tell me what you don't have. I can't counsel lack. I can't counsel zero. I can counsel something. Hi, Pastor Steve. I don't have any money, but I've got time. And I want to study the Bible. And I want to study it till my face falls off. And I want to be a, a, a servant of God. Oh, we got something to work with. But when someone comes in like boneless chicken, what do you want? I don't know. I don't know. It's not even good English. I don't know. Next week, we're going to be guarding you from Akamans. And so you're going to be thinking about that, but that's my message next week. Watch out for the Akamans. I won't get into it. But sometimes, what do you have? I have nothing, but we diminish what we do have do we have time? Do we have some resource? Do we have a sense of mission and a sense of I may not have a lot to give, but I'm going to give what I have. I'm going to show what side I'm on. So Elisha says, but what do you have? And she said, I have nothing at all except a flask, watch this, a flask of olive oil. It's not a lot of olive oil. We use olive oil. And a flask of olive oil just in the Schmelzer house isn't going to last that long. You're not with an Italian mama cooking. I have nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the doors behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. Somewhere between verse 3, or no, excuse me, verse 4 and verse 5, there should have been a, a terrible fight. What? What? Look, you're telling me to borrow, all, you know, flasks and jars of, of, empty jars from the other poor people in the neighborhood. Probably have to wash them. And I've got a flask, a flask, a flask. You want me to get jars? I've got a flask. I'm going to pour that in there and then something's going to happen. Oh, how could this be? I've counseled that before. I've seen that spirit. That's not what she trotted to the table. She'd seen the miracles. The one she probably didn't see with her own eyes, her her hubby, who died unexpectedly and out of the plan, told her about the hand of God moving in behalf of Elisha's prayers. And she knew she was tapping someone who was tapped in. And he said, hey, you got a flask? Go to the neighbors and borrow jars, which is risky. See, when you borrow something, if you have integrity, you break it, you're gonna fix it. Huh? All you guys that have broke my stuff, get over to my house and fix it. (laughs) Think of it. We're all people of integrity. You borrow something, you take a risk. Her neighbors were going to all get brand new jars because she wasn't going to return these. There was a miracle that was going to touch the whole neighborhood. Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors, then shut the door behind you. Secret society of believers here. Poor flask and set aside each jar when it is filled. So she did as she was told. We need to believe the Bible sometime. Jesus takes away your sins when you call on his name. He takes them all away. You don't have to beat yourself up for stuff you did 25 years ago. Get over it. It's, God doesn't remember it. The devil wants to remember it, wants to keep talking to you about it, but you're free. God wants to empower you. We're we're given precious promise from the Word of God, but we've got to be able to get to the point where we, we quit second-guessing God in His miraculous and just do as we're told. (laughs) So many things I'd like to tell you, even from what Kim and I've seen. Well, God would tell us crazy stuff and miracles would just happen. One I will share with you was we came down here and I had a, a with my dad, I had a remodeling business. We did roofing and painting and I assumed I was gonna work with my hands till the congregation grew and I went to see my Uncle Leo, who's a man of God. He lived on Coker Butte Road and he asked me, he said, what are you in town for? I said, I'm here to plant a church, Uncle Leo, which he'd already heard because God was setting him up to speak to me prophetically. And he said, uh, so what are you going to do to feed yourself? I said, I'm going to work with my hands, and I'm going to roof and paint. He said, I hear there's a lot of work in Portland. So said, oh, I know, Uncle Leo, and we were busy in Portland, but you know I'm here. And he goes a second time, so what are you here for? Well, German people are slow. You have to repeat many times. He said, I'm here to plant a church. He said, how are you going to pay for that? I said, I'm going to work with my hands. He He said, I hear there's a lot of work like that in Portland. About the third time, the Holy Spirit said, I'm talking. And I got it. God was saying, if you go to work for me full time, I'll pay you. I came home to my sweet wife who didn't understand poverty. She thought it was a game. She was a rich girl. She thought that poverty was a game, and you just called it off when you're done and i tell her god is gonna pay us and so back then in 1982 you either were like a brain surgeon or a fry cook there was nothing in between in the in the wanted ads and so i was you know doing roofing and painting and stuff and when when we knew that god was speaking to us we said okay god we're gonna trust you we started seeing money come in monthly We went full time with a congregation of two adults and two children, and God met our need because He can fill the jars. Getting us to give up the jars is the challenge. We're the jars, aren't we? She did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar she said to one of her sons, there aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left. Every one of us has a jar to offer to the Lord. Well, you know, I probably could maybe help teach or lead a small group, or I could, you know, serve in a certain uh, capacity. And this not only works for the local church, it's also for the community. It's also for all kinds of opportunities that people have. Well, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm just an old chunk of coal. <laughs> but re- singing the rest of the song, but I'm going to be a diamond someday. I'm just, I'm just a plain old jar. I'm just a widow and all I've got is a little flask and we're going to consume it and we're going to die. No, no, you've got problems. You have bigger problems than, than just even survival now because you're going to lose your two boys. Can you imagine what those boys, because they were still borrowing and they were seeing those, those jars. They must have got a second wind dude my sentence just went down from, from lifetime to 30 years hard time and sing sing you know and, and they're bringing jars and they're getting filled and that creditor was paid off and the Bible said when they quit bringing the jars then the oil stopped can I tell you when the oil stops in our lives when we quit living by faith we quit we, we cut our giving we cut our serving yeah. I, want, I want to live for me you know And I don't want to stop pouring. I want to, I want to pour, use the jars that God has put in my life, me being one of the jars, but I want to keep pouring out what I have. You the best teacher? No, I'm not the best teacher. I'm not even the best teacher in Medford, much less the world. You the best pastor? No, I can be mean. I've snapped at people. Some of you go, yeah, I know. (laughs) But can I tell you what I am? I'm here. I'm available. <laughs> I heard, go from Portland, get ye yonder. See, God always talks to you in King James. Get ye yonder down unto Medford. And we're here. One last verse, and we're going to wrap this up. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Did you know that you're like a solar battery, a solar receptor? That when you are in worship and when you interact with God and you begin to see Jesus and you focus on Jesus and his works and glory, you begin to see Father God who's invisible and you begin to say, wow, I know the Father, I know the Son, I know the Holy Spirit. Well, then it says here that not only do we see the glory of God that's seen in the face of Jesus, verse 7 we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. One of the reasons I encourage us to be gentle with each other, we're fragile. Pastor Steve, you're like a rock, am I? Have you seen me when I'm broken before God? Have you seen when I'm shattered? We don't come out to just like, who can be the most shattered? How many of you know that we all put on our church clothes and we brush our teeth and we do whatever we do, shave our legs. I've told Riley to stop it, but he won't. And uh, you know, We put on our best front, but we're fragile. And here's where we deceive ourselves. I'm so fragile that I have nothing to give. Oh, please don't do that. It's only the kingdom of God where he uses cracked vessels to hold water. What, what binds me in my frailty and my humanity? What, what seals me up to where there can be some light? How's that light shining out of these jars? Because there's cracks in the jars. And through my frailty, my neighbors and my friends and the people I love, they can see that Jesus is overcoming my natural weaknesses, my in- inhibitions, my fears. I'm preaching for you right now. I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching for you. You're beautiful. Thank you. I was hoping. That's the only reason I said you were. (laughs) The more that I see people that are struggling fight, fight to walk with God, I go home and I just say, God, I'm not worthy. Bob, you're handicapped. You're our blind guy, our token. You know, he gets all the blind jokes. But Bob, I saw, Kim and I were talking behind your back the other day about how much we respect you bringing your kids to church. You didn't lose heart. You didn't, I mean, and Suzanne and Dell fighting for Bob. And Suzanne gets down there and it was a different manifestation when she confronted officials. When there was railroading of Bob's kids, I look at this among us and I go, do I see cracks in Bob? Yeah, probably. Do I see some in Suzanne? No, she's perfect. Unlike the rest of you, especially you, Del. She's too good for you and you know it. Okay. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish within an hour. Could we be a humble church? Well, Joy's not perfect. Duh. But can we also be tender? Because we see the beauty that shines through? Can we respect someone that despite being handicapped says, No, I've got to keep putting Jesus into my kids? I've got a soldier on, and every time someone jumps in a van like Katie MacPrain and others, and they're picking people up, do you think Katie just doesn't know how to drive yet and she's doing that because she wants to learn to drive? No. It's because she has a jar. And out of that jar comes Jesus. And you have a jar and jars. And God wants every one of us come out of the stuff, come out of the denial, come out of the self-rejection or laziness, and stand up and be counted for the kingdom of God. We win forward when we can bring to the dream teams, man, all kinds of opportunities to serve if you're a singer, sing. If you're a prophet, prophesy. If you're someone who is a giver, then give. (laughs) We have so many throughout the house, but every one of us has a jar. Let's all stand up. Let's use those jars to build the kingdom of God. All right. All right. One of the things that we believe for every week is for people to come to the living God Today is no exception in that we believe that today is a great day for your spiritual birthday. If you've not called on the name of the Lord, let me just tell you why Christianity may be the most humble religion in the world. Because Christianity is based on the fact that you cannot, through good works or any other thing, you cannot make yourself clean before God. Christianity... Whether you have one sin or you're filled with sin is like being baptized in diesel oil. So many people have ever played with diesel oil will tell you this. You don't just wash it off with water. You need a solvent that can cut that grime. And it's a difficult thing. The Bible tells us that our sins, though they're scarlet, they can be as white as snow. It comes through the blood of Jesus. You say, blood is a stainer. Well, no, this blood is a solvent. It breaks the stain. In Christianity, I encourage everyone to convert to Jesus Christ and the Father because it takes humility to say, hey, everybody around me thinks I'm a good person, but I've sinned at least once, and I know that I can never make heaven based on just being a good guy or a good girl. I humbly say, God, forgive me of all my sins. The Bible tells us that if, if any person is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When you call on the name of Jesus, you are given the title deed to all the freedom you're going to walk into. But it happens like that. You find a change. Whoa! We call it a born-again experience when you go, wow, I really couldn't. I was helpless. And Jesus rescued me And then out of that comes all the things we're talking about. Out of that appreciation comes the good works that we do as we give and we sow. If you're here today and you say, I want in, I want to join God. Come on down. We want to pray with you really quickly. Come on down. Today's a good day. If you've not called on the name of the Lord, he does everything he can do to allow you to join him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So cool. So cool. Come on down. Come on down, everybody. If you're here and you say, man, I, I want in. I want this mercy and love that Jesus. I want to live that faith forward life, that victory lifestyle. Just repeat this prayer. Good, good call, you guys. Thanks for responding. Dear Father, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your provision. Of Jesus who I'm trusting with all my heart to wash away my sins to make me new your word says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will not be ashamed take away my shame O God you also said that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved I'm calling on your name. Save me now. If you'll be my God, I'll be your servant. If you'll be my father, I'll be your child. I receive you today, dear Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One last time of prayer. How many of you like me fellow sinners oftentimes we rate what we can do based on the vessel and not on the treasure if you sometimes put yourself down because you're not this or that or that in a bag of chips put your hand up I want to know if there's anybody else early service man they all knew that they sometimes this service like half of you like I think I'm okay no we all sometimes put ourselves out of the running because we say, I'm not good enough. Can I take away your worry? None of us were good enough to be parents. None of us were good enough to be married. None of us is good enough to know how to vote on every election. But we still need to be used. What we're going to pray for is help from God to catch this fragility with treasure balance. Would you pray this with me, dear God? I know that you've called me to be useful and I sometimes talk about what I don't have in my house rather than what I do have but Lord you've given me your spirit you've given me new life you've given me time you've given me energy you've given me the Holy Spirit you've given me the word of God you've given me friends around me My inventory is a lot greater than what I think. I pray, oh God, change my heart, change my mind into possibility thinking. I cast away negativity. I step faith forward and understanding that if I'll fill the jars, you'll continue to fill the flask. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your help, God. Thank you for your victory, dear Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.